Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha-Garmo here with Epiphany Communications, coaching and consulting. Our next guest, known as Dr. Bobby Lambert, Barbara Bobby Lambert, is a co-founder of the Confidant Incorporated, a San Francisco Bay Area human resources consulting company that specializes in creating workplace harmony and preventing and managing disruptive workplace behavior. She has a doctorate in human behavior psychology and a master's degree in counseling psychology. Dr. Lambert has worked with employers interested in the on-site management of individual performance and interpersonal problems, teamwork improvement, stress, trauma, and violence. She has successfully facilitated, mediated, and resolved complex interpersonal and business conflicts to avoid critical incidents and costly litigation. She also has written the book that I have right here uh, in my office, and it's From Trauma to Healing, Seeking Solace and Safe Places to Fall. Bobby Lambert, thank you so much for joining us here on It's Your Community. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. I'm happy to be here today. So Dr. Bobby Lambert, author of the book, From Trauma to Healing, Seeking Solace and Safe Places to Fall. Tell us what prompted you to want to write this book in the first place. Well, I had first started out, it, it took years, but I first started out wanting to write an autobiography. And so many people said to me, well, you've done so much work besides the trauma in your own life with other people um, that I'm sure you have a lot, a lot more to say than you think. And so I kind of expanded from autobiography to trying to write a book that would really help people, you know, not just understand uh, my path, but the path of all the incredible, really resilient, uh, strong people that I worked with over over the years, um, and really tried to, I wanted to demystify, if you will, trauma, because I think so many people are afraid to acknowledge it or minimize their own trauma, because they don't think it was that bad compared to other people. So it felt really important to me to write a book about trauma, but about healing and human resiliency um, to kind of make it a more approachable subject, I think. I love that word demystify trauma. What, do you, what In your experience, Bobby Lampert, what has been the mystery behind it that prevented people from really uh, addressing it? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I you know, I, I think it it is trauma is so filled with fear and negativity that a lot of people just want to get through it and then never want to think about it again. But it leaves such a uh, strong, uh, has such a strong impact on our um, subconscious and it impacts us, you know, for the rest of our, our lives in terms of how we approach things. And so... I think the demystifying part is really getting at the root of, you know, what happened here, what impact has it had on me emotionally, psychologically, you know, personally in my relationships and, and what, what can I learn from it and where can I go and grow from here? Yeah. And the triggers, 
you know, I, I notice in my work as coaching, I'm not a therapist. I don't have your background, but I do a lot of coaching. And oftentimes uh, I have referred uh, people to therapists because they need therapy uh, before they need coaching or they need it while they're being coached. Right. So what I notice in my work, and you can expand on this in your work too, especially in the workplace, but a lot of what triggers people to act a certain way in the workplace and with coworkers comes from trauma that they didn't heal from, from my experience. Can you, yeah. can, can you address that, Bobby? Yeah, I agree with that. I have always, I mean, I came from the business world and then went back to school after a big trauma of losing my father in my life, but always wanted to go to the workplace um, rather than to individual therapy, because I always felt and experienced the workplace as this huge family dynamic, right? Somebody is in this authority, these authority positions over other people and you know, how they were parented or how they were brought up or the traumas that they experienced um, play play out in the dynamics and the same with people that are subordinate to, to other people. You know, a lot of the childhood dynamics are, are at play. And, you know, if we felt really highly criticized or judged or insecure as children are growing up, we bring those dynamics into the, into the workplace. And, you know, it's been interesting working in the field of workplace violence, because you see people that, you know, whose anger and temper really goes out of control. But in a lot of, a lot of the times it, it, they don't really want to hurt anybody, but they don't know how else to defend or react um, to situations in, in the workplace. Yeah. And coping with their own pain and coping with their pain. Yeah. Yeah. Their anger. So we're talking with Dr. Bobby Lambert here and you're in your book from trauma to healing, uh, Bobby, you, you weave in your personal story and the stories of others that you've worked with in your 35 career year career. And I'm a big proponent when you teach, obviously you learn how did the process of writing this book help you on your own healing process of your own trauma? It was kind of, it was pretty amazing. Uh, actually, Vanessa, it's, it's in the last year or so, I'm very healthy now and doing great. Uh, but I had some real serious health issues and um, I fell into the old pattern of trauma that I thought I was so great and expert at at um, avoiding or at least falling that deeply. And it was really picking up my own book and, you know, reminding myself of other hard times I'd been through and leaning on the unconditional love of my partner and my my kids and and people around me and opening up my own heart back to myself. Because I think one of the things that things that happens in trauma and happened to me personally is we become so afraid and frightened of what what this might mean or what might happen or what the end result might be that we shut down our own hearts or or we feel somehow guilty or responsible and so picking up my own book and being reminded of 
of the power of unconditional love and finding safe places and looking around my house and, you know, the places I love to walk really help bring me, bring me out. And you write in here, uh, Bobby, that if you're ready to release the shackles of your past trauma and be in control of your own destiny, this book will guide you to, and we'll get into that. But you, I love how you say, if you're ready, because often people are not ready. Can you talk to us about that? Like people hold on to their trauma because it's like almost like a sense of security. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because when I um, was working with a writing coach um, on my book, one of the first things she had me do was to describe and define my ideal reader. And it was really interesting because it was a woman that I know um, that's about my age who had very traumatic marriage and marriages. And that was, you know, probably 40 years ago. And um, she's been out of that. But whenever I talk to her, have a lunch or a dinner, she really leads with that and how horrible it was and how, you know, and in some ways she's moved beyond it, but in a lot of ways, it still defi defines her uh, in many ways. And she gives surviving that as her reason for being where she is today when there's so much more to her than that. Mm. Trauma. But I always feel like still impacting you. It's still guiding you. Um, and I think that that happens with a lot of people. I mean, big traumas, I talk about it, you know, certainly are some of the defining moments of our life, but it's, it's not, it's not who we are. And I think more important is what strengths and skills we use to uh, bounce back and go on and grow and mm -hmm. exceed our limitations. Um, in the book, you talk about turning negative experiences into past traumas into positive outcomes. Can you kind of give us an overview of how you do that? Yeah, I mean, one that comes to mind is... Um, when I was um, working this first, one of the first workplace violence cases that I worked, it was, um, there was an event at 101 California Street in San Francisco, and um, nine people were, were killed, and uh, it was a terrible event, and one of the biggest events of that nature at the time, and I was happened to be working with a firm on something entirely different. And I was called in the the night that this was going on, but also the next morning we had about 250 people gathered in a room at a Hyatt hotel in the financial district. And I was standing in front of this room of people and I, I had no idea what I was going to say. And what I ended up saying to them is that, you know, my professional experience really isn't going to be that helpful today. But what I can do is be here with you because I've been where you were. And it was a huge turning point for me and the beginning of uh, my, some extraordinary work for me and some extraordinary healing at that law firm and some people I'm still in touch with today. And um, a lot of the people were 
that were involved there were great examples to me. I mean, some of them left the law. Some of them went on to become judges. Some of them took up the fight for gun control. It was amazing to see the way that these people and then myself um, were able to utilize a terrible thing that had happened to us to to good and to do changes and to do more of the things that we want to do in life. I talk about Lou's story in my book. He ended up moving to Idaho and becoming a mediator. And it's just been amazing to watch um, how people have taken really traumatic things and turned their lives around in really positive ways that they might not have done otherwise. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You made me think, uh, Bobby Lambert, of how people react to the same trauma. So um, co-workers can witness the same trauma or people witness the same uh, accident or same event, and they they come out of it differently. They react differently. I remember uh, to my dad, whose anniversary of his death is today, I, I remember he said to us, um, he, I have six sisters and he would always comment about how each of us would react to the same e event or experience. We'd all react differently because we're such different people. And in your experience, you know, is that, you know, do you see that to be true? Like you could have 10 people in a room witness the same accident or experience the same trauma, but their reaction and their response is different. Absolutely. You know, I, and, um, it's thanks for being here with me on this day that I'm sure is a important memory yeah. for, for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's after the shootings at Pet and Martin, we did a lot of um, critical incident debriefings where we'd have groups of employees in the room reacting to the experience. And I'm, I remember that for as many people in that room as there were, you know, maybe 10 or 12 at a time, there were different reactions. And and one thing that always stuck out to me was that there were several people that had never heard, heard a gunshot before or even seen a gun before. And mm. somebody who grew up in a neighborhood that was very violent, who heard gunshots, every night and their reaction to this event um, and, and to the scene, you know, because a lot of these people were witnesses were just so different based on what they'd experienced in the past or what their, um, you know, levels of, of fear were, or, um, you know, and people that wouldn't, get involved that really shut down you know after these events and just acted like you know it's like let's just go on we have clients to deal with and and there were a ton of things to to balance in that event and in most workplace events that some people couldn't get back to work and had to take time off some people held things together so um, it, it was interesting to watch and that's definitely, you know, been my, my experience. We're all different in how we react. Yeah. Yeah. It always, I remember when my dad made a comment about that and there was something going on in my family and he commented, uh, about how each daughter would, would react. And he was so spot on it. It shocked me. And I'm like, and then I, <laughs> 
And in fact, what gave me comfort about that, it was like, I was like, wow, you know us so well. How great is that, that my dad knows us so well? Like I, you could feel the love, like, like, you know, your daughter so well that you can sit there and pinpoint exactly how each of us would react to the same situation. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it always stuck with me. And Bobby, I love this subtitle here in your book from trauma to healing, seeking solace and safe places to fall. Can you elaborate on that? Your, your thought process and why that's so important, seeking solace and safe places to fall. Well, I think, um, you know, it's the way we get back to that unconditional love and that healing, you know, the healing nature of that and, and out of all that fear. And it's where we get some balance. And like, I know when I was going through these health issues, it's like to, you know, just enjoy my surroundings or turn on the you know the fireplace and um you know be with one of my kids or be with my partner and just you know have some peaceful time and don't talk to doctors for <laughs> a day or so but it's like it, it gives you fresh air a, a breather it it allows you because I do think we shut down many of us when we're in a traumatic situation that allows us to open up to the love again. You know, one of the things that I find great comfort in, I have for years and years since my dad died, what is journaling. Um, mm. And picking up a journal is gives me great solace. I get my feelings out um, on, the, on the table. I have pictures of my father and I that I love, you know, just he's been gone for a very long time, but it's like just, you know, picking up a, a picture of the two of us together or of him and, um, you know, gives me great comfort. But I think, you know, it's, it's the way that we bring some balance. We open our hearts back up to ourselves. We take a deep breath um, if, if you will, and, you know, different surroundings bring different people, just like you're saying, uh, you know, comfort. Um, we happen to live in a forested oak forest area with creeks that run and just walking outside and, um, standing by the Creek and listening to those sounds or going out on the deck and looking at the trees. I just, I, I think it's the small things that we start to accumulate that build up um, some resistance and recovery time. You know, you also talk in the book, we're talking with Dr. Lambert here on her book, From Trauma to Healing. And you also say, seek the comfort of unconditional love as a counterbalance to trauma, grief, and loss. Is that unconditional love part of that safe place to fall? It definitely is. And um I, I don't want to assume, but it sounds like from what you're describing of your father, he knew his daughters well and loved them unconditionally. He did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he did. It, it, it sounds like that. And so he could talk about how you're going to react without any judgment about, you know, someone's reacting back. One is reacting better than the other, but just, you know, really um, knowing someone that 
that well. And for me, <clears throat> my I had a great, re wonderful relationship with my dad, but it wasn't unconditional. It was it just the family I grew up in. Love was conditional, and I could be given or take, you know, taken taken away. And um, it was really the unconditional love that I that I found in in um, my long-term partner at the time or at, at that just kind of the relationship started then when I at the same time that I lost my father and um, he was someone that grew up in a home where there was unconditional love and it just started to give me a whole different perspective on um, my loss, my my trauma, the violence. My dad was murdered, as you read in my book. Um, and, you know, when you see that kind of man's inhumanity to man, what you crave or what I crave um, and most people crave is that experience of being loved, you know, un unconditionally for who you are and how you're reacting and responding is is okay, is okay, and you're okay, and you're going to be okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it does. And, I and I, yeah, I, I just think it's that, 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 un that unconditional love, I think is just so important, especially when you're going through, whether it's true, real trauma, or it's just, you know, something that just hurt you that day, you know what I mean? Like, just to have somebody to talk to that is going to love you no matter what, or how you think or react. Um, I just think that is such a part important part of safe place to fall. That's what I thought about when I was reading that in your book. Um, and recognizing and overcoming obstacles, I think it's really important. And that's part of that self-awareness too, to Bobby, is that, you know, in the work that I do in coaching, I notice that there's a lot of lack of self-awareness and it's very difficult for people to overcome obstacles when they don't recognize them or in them in themselves. Um, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it is in part how we respond to trauma, especially, um, people who have been abused or are in abusive relationships or even getting back to the work workplace or to bullying, um, kind of situations. It's like, a lot of people take it upon themselves. They must have done something bad and they don't really, they can't really see the situation for what it is. They don't really want to, you know, sometimes it's easier to, to make ourselves the bad guys and to see that we might be in relationship or we might be working for somebody who isn't the greatest person or isn't treating us appropriately because then it means kind of seeing other people for who they are, seeing our relationships for how they are, or our jobs for how they are, which might mean change. And it's always amazing to me. Um, I mean, change is, is challenging, but, um, you know, a lot of times we're making the right, <laughs> right changes and they bring improvement. But so many people, I think, are really afraid to, you know, look at themselves or look at what's going on in their 
lives with a real open mind because it might mean that they have to do something differently or they have to remove themselves from a relationship. And like you say, it's not always the big things. It's like I was thinking uh, just now about just an email I got from somebody yesterday that was kind of negative and I had to go back and look, did I say something wrong? Did I, and then yeah. I, you know, I mean, it can be the simplest thing, but if you're willing to look, then you're able, if there was some misunderstanding, you're able to do something about that and correct that. Yeah. You know, you made me think of, um, when you talk about bullies in the workplace, uh, Bobby Lambert, I wrote my master's thesis on bullies in the workplace from a communication standpoint, because my oh. master's in communications. And um, it's so funny because I often, you know, I, I started watching, I, I was so intrigued by bullies in the workplace because I was experiencing them when I worked in county government. And I'm thinking, what is this all about? And how do you deal with these people? And and um, that's why when I got my master's and I remember starting to identify Pe other people being bullied and they didn't know it. And I said, do you know you're being bullied, right? Like, <laughs> you know, that's repetitive behavior and they're bullying you. Like a form of bullying, for example, is purposely excluding somebody from meetings over and over again, but then expecting them to know what's going on. You know, um, yeah. it, it, it's bullying, you're bullying them. And so I was just so fascinated and in that lack of self-awareness, without them realizing they're being bullied, they can't over, they don't even recognize what's happening to them. And so they can't solve the problem. Um, so I think that's a great observation. Yeah, I was, I was so fascinated by bullies in the workplace. And that in itself causes trauma for people when you're badly bullied. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's like, and I think sometimes that, that kind of repetitive trauma that, you know, people experience, like if it's at work, you know, maybe on a daily basis that we get numb to, or we get used to, um, and we just kind of go with it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and then it, and then it just continues and, and uh, gets worse, in my opinion, most of the time. Yeah. So Bobby, how do we get the book? We're talking with Dr. Bobby Lambert here today on It's Your Community, the author of the book, From Trauma to Healing, Seeking Solace and Safe Places to Fall. How do we get this book? Um, you can get it on amazon.com and you can also go to bobbylambert.com. It's an author website that I'm putting together. Um, and my publishers are in the process of... Um, getting it, making it available on Barnes and Noble. But right now, Amazon are going to my website, uh, bobbylambert.com. And uh, there's a link there. And, and so I also think, Bobby, this would be a great um, kind of like support group book club book too. You know what I mean? Great yeah. discussion, support yeah. group, like for a support group that has dealt with trauma. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. So I, we I, we have a couple minutes left with you here, Bobby. Okay. What else do you want to share with our listeners before we let you go here in your community? Well, I, I think that it just ties into, to what you're just saying about, you know, great for group book club, club discussion, because I think, you know, the more that we're able to, to talk about um, the traumas we've had and people see the range of things like, I, I, it, it does 
um, concern me when people kind of minimize the things that have happened to them that are, you know, in their in their minds and in their experience have been traumatizing and and do affect them because I I think it's about talking about them and um, shining the light on them and also learning about how others find solace or safe places or people's experience of, of unconditional love. I think the more that we develop those tools, the um, better able we are to respond to the unexpected things that happen to us. And, you know, I think, you know, a renewing, I think by, being able to talk to other people or by being able to be there for other people that are going through hard times. I, I know it renews my faith in mankind um, yeah. and yeah. in our own personal uh, strength. And there are times when we feel so much stress, we don't know how we're going to come through it. But I think having faith in those times is we haven't really talked about it, but is really critically important. Yeah. That could be discussion part two with you another time. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring you back on here, Bobby Lambert. Dr. Bobby Lambert, the book is From Trauma to Healing, Seeking Solace and Safe Places to Fall, available at Amazon.com. Thank you so much, Bobby, for being with us here on It's Your Community today. And thank you, Vanessa. My pleasure. Any questions or comments? Show topics you want me to get to, you can reach out to me, Vanessa Denha, by going to Epiphany communications.com. That's epiphanycommunications.com. You can private message me there. You can follow me on any of my social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, uh, Epiphany Communications on Facebook. You can find me, Vanessa Denhagarmo, on Instagram and on X. And you can private message me on any of those platforms. As always, we remind you, our listeners, to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning into It's Your Community. We'll catch you next time. It's Your Community a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.